everyone. Thanks for listening in. Welcome to Leading Well, where we get to know leaders and how they make it happen. I'm your host, Tim Davis, and our wonderful guest today is Taras. So, Taras, what is it, uh, what is it that you do? <laughs> I, I, first of all, thanks for having me on. This is my first time on a podcast, and this is, this is great. I told my kids, well, after this, you know, you guys won't be able to walk through the streets with me. Exactly. People just stop and want autographs. Yeah, and... I'll, you know, I'll be famous. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I, I own an office equipment dealership called Ultrix Business Solutions, and we, we sell and service office equipment, provide services for businesses. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, and we're a customer, so there you go. Um, so what we like to do is just jump back towards the beginning. Like, wh- where'd you grow up? What did what did early childhood look like to you? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, I was born and raised in Russia, Far East Russia. People always ask. They go back and they go, hey, we're at in Russia. And of course, they, they kind of expect to reference Moscow or St. Petersburg or one of the famous, you know, Minsk, if you watched right. France back in the day or whatever, <laughs> you know, famous locations. No, I'm from like literally in the middle of nowhere, the, the, the furthest part you could probably get to. Yeah. Uh, Far East Russia is north of China, north of Japan. Um, small little town, 20,000 people, okay. you know, everybody walked everywhere. People didn't have cars growing up. And, you know, here in the United States, you hear about a bringing like leave it to beaver times and where you just kind of ran, ran around, you know, your street and didn't worry about, you know, right. your child being or anything. <laughs> yeah, or anything. So that's yeah. kind of how we grew up, you know, just, you know, those huge apartment buildings, that a brick, you know, from communist times and, and everybody just had one or two children, which back then, I, I don't know, if you had three kids, you know, in the family, that was a big family. Mm. So I, I grew up, you know, um, I was the only child. My my father died and I was six, so my mom mm. never remarried. So I didn't, I probably would have had another sibling, but it was yeah. just me. But I never felt lonely because, you know, in that apartment building, we had, you know, maybe 25, 30 little boys and girls that we played with. Right. So it was literally every day you come home from school and and even when it's cold and dark and you just play outside. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I think I think that was the case here as well back, you know, in the 80s. Oh, yeah. As far as playing outside. <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, I, I said this before, I would get on my bike in the morning and I... I wouldn't come back till I was starving for lunch at one or two in the afternoon, right? Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. You'd come and eat, and then leave again, or whatever, absolutely. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walk to school, you know. I remember yep. first grade, you know, six, seven years old, whatever it was. I mean, walked across town to school by myself, you know. And again, of course, you, that's, you'd never let your kids do that no, now, right? No. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So it was, you know, yeah, I think it was. People go, "Wow, oh, how was it, you know, growing up in communism and everything else?" Well, as kids, you kind of don't know. No, you know, it was a. I would say, outside of my dad, you know, dying um, suddenly, you know, it was a happy childhood. Yeah, and I, I thought my parents did a great job. Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, moved a lot when I was uh, younger and spent some of my middle school years in Anchorage, Alaska. And they're like, well, you know, was that like, well, I no longer played to say baseball. I played hockey, right? Well, there so, yeah, I mean, in yeah. the street, right? You had a cul-de-sac, the streets yeah. were frozen. You just set up a couple of cones and you're good to go. <laughs> That's what we did. Yeah. In, fa- in fact, I got, it's funny, on my shins, um, I got all these like little scars, mm. you know, kind of below your knee, above your foot, right? On that front side of your leg or whatever. And my kids are hockey sticks. Like, <laughs> yeah, it yeah. literally, it's hockey stick marks. Yeah. Kids go like, dad, what in the world? You know, they put like, their hand through it and go, it's like uh, bumpy. 
<laughs> I'm like, yeah, that would be um, us playing hockey <laughs> on the street, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's funny. Yeah. So uh, when did you move from Russia? So, the, yeah, I was, um, so so I actually graduated early. I was a year early in school. Um, I was, I'm not even sure why, but I graduated high school in May of 2000 in Russia. Um, and I I was actually accepted into a, a university in Russia that all my friends were going to. And I was pretty excited about that. And, and coming to the United States was kind of a last moment thing. Uh, we had a family that, that um, moved, American family from Salem that, that moved to my hometown. They started a church. They started a ministry over there. And my mom uh, worked for them. She interpreted. Uh, she, she, in Russia, she was an English teacher. So she knew English. And she was one of the only people in my hometown that knew English. So she worked for those you know, Americans and interpreted for them. And so I, we've gotten to know that family. And so they've invited me to come to do a semester here in the college. And it was a last moment decision because I had a full what would be called like a full, full ride scholarship okay, right? in a Russian university, which was a good, you know, I was excited about it. So last moment, you know, kind of made that a decision to go to the United States. And uh, so, yeah, I was, I turned 17 that summer, came here and started, you know, college here in, yeah, September of 2000. Yeah, you th to our listeners, think about, uh, it seems so foreign for us to think that we just at 17 would go, you know, a third of the way across the world, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that has its challenges in itself, right? I mean, just yeah. uh, you're young, you're, you know, you, you're in a new country, new family, you're trying to build new friendships and go to college. Right? Yeah, <laughs> we had a lot of help, you know, frankly, I, I never felt lonely being here. So, so A, it was me and a friend of mine, a guy named Alex, um, mm -hmm. who, who moved at the same time. So we were, and we knew each other since we were six, you know, so we were, okay. you know, good friends. Um, and then the family that kind of arranged for the ministry all, thing. Yep, yeah. Yep. They, they, you know, they kind of found us a place to live. You know, we rented a little, you know, room in a house near uh, the college we went to, which was uh, Western Baptist. Now it's Corbin, right? Right. But we mm -hmm. were one of the first kind of foreign students there, I think. And, um, and it was great. So we had a lot of help. Okay. So it didn't feel like we were lonely, right? right. But, but the first year was challenging, challenging because I, even though I could speak English, I would say maybe 65%, but I couldn't really write oh, uh, very yeah. well. And so, you know, being in college, the first year was... You're just cranking out papers, right? <laughs> it was a lot of work. Yeah, I had to learn a lot, you know, but, but that emerge, you know, immersing yourself helps a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you did that semester, and and then and then the, the second semester, and you're like, oh, I'm doing all right here. I kind of uh -huh. like it here. Yeah. Yep. And then you know, it's a lot less snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and rain never bothered me. I don't. I don't. I still don't mind it, frankly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, then you get a job, and we we could only work on campus because of the student visa thing. So, right. so you know, washing dishes and working for you know the food the food hall and yep. and then upgrading the job to uh, be, being the security officer on campus, okay. which was a great job for us because you could, you know, sit in the truck and study all night long and, you know, yeah. as you patrol campus or whatever. Yep. Um, yeah. And it just semester after semester just kind of, you know, turned into the whole four years. Wow. 
That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, our daughter graduated from Corbin. Oh, she uh, did. Okay. Is normally a co-host uh, on the show, but uh, not this week. But uh, yeah, so we have partnerships and mentoring relationships, and we're going to be helping teach some media stuff out there in the fall and so on. So ah. Corbin has a good connection to our organization and to the city for that matter. So Definitely a great school, and we definitely, definitely lots of great memories. Yeah. Yeah. So... So you're getting done with college, and you're like, what's next? What were you thinking like your junior and senior year, we'll call it, in college is as far as thoughts? You're now beginning to think, would I stay here after college? Would I? You'd yeah. kind of already begun to make those decisions? or Yeah, so after the f- second year, I was still going back in, in my mind. Uh, I've met my wife my junior year, and she was a freshman, and we've just, you know, we, it was kind of a quick thing. You know, uh, we dated, I think, for nine months, then we got engaged which was really quick, you know, mm-hmm. especially we were very young, you know, 19, mm-hmm. 18 years old yeah. at that point um, and got married, you know, as I graduated in June, the following June, we got married, right? So so the decision was made sometime in my, in that senior year for, um, you know, for us to stay, for me to stay here, um, just, just for, you know, because we were getting married. And so, mm-hmm. so it was easy for me as far as, you know, all the paperwork and everything, we just did it through marriage. Yeah, because there was the second up, the second way to do it was to do it through a job, and I right. could have done it that way mm-hmm. uh, because so I started at Ultrex, which is the company that I own now, um, in same in May of two thousand four, right as I graduated, and I I had three interviews, I think, or three or four interviews, and I had three job offers, and I don't know if this is how it is now, but <laughs> I you know I. And actually, so the job offers I had, one was work for a retirement facility to be like a a management trainee. So working night shifts and Mm. things like that. But that had a good salary. Right. Um, So it was a a bit attractive, but the schedule wasn't great. And I don't know if I wanted to be in a retirement home, you know, nonstop. Right. And and the other one was for an insurance company, country insurance. Okay. And actually, I... Come to think of it, that wasn't an offer. I really wanted that job because it was a good base salary, but also commission. Right. And I, I, I remember taking a personality test, and they told me that I, I didn't have a good personality for sales. So, <laughs> literally, what they said. And yeah. I remember being so disappointed that I didn't get that job because that was my choice, right? Right. And then the third was Ultrex, and and it was a very small company, just a few people at at that point. And and you know, I drove down there and met with the owner and, and, um, you know, I don't know what it was, but I just, it was a very small salary yeah. plus commission, yep. but the, the earnings potential was a lot, a lot greater. But essentially what happened was my wife didn't want me to take it, but I had some good friends that, that, um, were a little bit older than me and yeah. And, and they've, um, encouraged me to do it. And, Especially this one guy, he he really encouraged me to do it. He thought that it would be whatever. So I ended up taking that job, yeah. And, and that that's how I ended up there. So um, and it was a sales position, basically. Sales, yeah, yeah, just basically yep. going out cold calling every yep. day, yeah. you know, and, and in person cold calling businesses yeah. and learning, learning everything else. But yeah, so a lot of changes that year. Right, graduated college, got married, started my new job, uh, got you know got our little apartment, my wife and I, and. You know, she was working at I think two different restaurants and uh, a little tax place part time, and and I was you know working at Ultrix. Yeah, yeah, 
Wow. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, it's funny when we look at those, some of those breadcrumbs, right, that we trace out to see where, you know, where it worked out for you, you know? So. Yeah, it was definitely, I, I feel like it was, it was, you know, godliness, um, frankly, to, to, because it wasn't necessarily what I, you know, nobody grows up thinking, oh, I'm going to, you know, become a copier salesman. Right. That sounds incredible. <laughs> right. You know, you don't, because it's not glamorous, right? No. Because you get, you know, um, all these young kids, you know, the, the the real estate is definitely a glamorous industry, right? You right. become an owner of a bunch of real estate or the broker or, or even mortgages or even insurance. That's why I wanted to do insurance because f- for some reason there's certain glamour mm. to it in my mind, right? Right. Uh, but I never heard of the copier world. Yeah. And I keep mentioning copiers and that's how, you know, if you have an office technology company, it started as a, a copier company. Sure. Because that was kind of the predominant back then but now of course we do a bunch of other stuff as well what are some of those other categories you guys are doing um yeah so we do it we do uh phone systems we do um uh, security cameras you know mail postage machines and and copier industry kind of transitioned into more what's called managed print which means you know it's not necessarily you you just have a copier but oftentimes it's a, a bunch of smaller devices kind of scattered through through your office environment that that you know, I, again, we 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 get a management fee every month, but that covers us taking care of all your devices and providing toner and supplies and things like that. Right. Yeah, and even just scanning into folders and automatic email, as opposed to not actually Correct. going to print some uh, of the stuff. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah. So a lot of digital document flow. Um, IT really comes. You know, that's really growing f- fast. Um, we have you know, three IT guys now, IT manager and two two guys that work with him. And they're all phenomenal. And and they're, I mean, the IT stuff, is. there's so much pain out there with IT. Yes. I mean, as our guys go out there and, you know, prospect, and uh, we, we hear more horror stories with IT than anything else. And that's been a huge, you know, um, to, to be able to answer that call, so to speak, for people. There, there's just... We have phone calls literally coming in and people asking and, and as we, you know, share about it, kind of what we do, that's probably the fastest growing is IT right now. Right. And I could see where that could be a, a leader into office supply or something down the road, but you might start, you know, with, with that. So that's good. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you hear people say it all the time. Listen, technology is great when it's working, you know, <laughs> so, right. and, and when it's not, yeah, it's a challenge for sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's a lot of you know people people go well. Gosh, you know, is there any other companies like like you know what we do? And there are, but most of them are they've always almost become like Comcast, right? And nothing wrong with Comcast, but it's just you know it, it, you you have to call eight hundred numbers, right? Yeah, you always have a new person every you know every time you talk to somebody. Yeah, it's just a different feel, right? Versus knowing somebody and calling and talking to the same person who is not a voicemail or not an 800 right. number, but, but a live person that you communicate with. Right. Right. So that's the difference, right? So, so all of our competitors have more like a, become this big machine that treats a customer as a number. Yeah. When we really focus on bringing that personal touch, in fact, our motto is, you know, a motto or whatever. I, um, I don't know what we even call, it, but it's a it's we bring personal touch to the automated world, and we want to keep that feel of somebody that you trust and you know, and somebody that's going to go the extra mile to help you, and that's what we've been focusing on. Sure, yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, you guys have done that with us, right? We had some challenges trying to figure out uh, machines and how to make all that happen. And you guys were great for us to continue to massage until we found the right fit, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah. It's, Absolutely. It's been a, 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 you know, as a, we were a small nonprofit and, you know, growing faster and faster. And some of those things, when you're small and growing, all that stuff seems too expensive. But at the same time, you, you, yeah. you got to have it if you're going to go where you need to go. So. Yeah, Absolutely. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how about like just uh, family life, kids? Like what do you do for hobbies? What, what do you like to do for fun? Yeah. yeah. No, that that's a great question. You know, um, so so we have, we squeezed four kids into 15 years. <laughs> I'll joke about that. <laughs> if it was, you know. <laughs> um, I might have I, to look up the definition of squeezed. Cause, yeah. you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, it's funny, me growing up as an only child, right? And and again, growing up seeing, you know, a big family's three kids. Right. M- most of my friends had were the only child or maybe had one sibling. So so then my wife and I, of course, got together and, and we're in love and we're excited. We're talking about future plans. And, and you know, she goes, oh, how many kids do you want? I go, ah, maybe two. You know, and I go, babe, how many do you want? Oh, four or five. You know, at least four. So of course we compromised on four. There you go. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and and but 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 you know they're total blessing. So we have a fifteen year old girl, twelve year old boy, seven year old girl, and a one and a half year old girl. Uh, and they're phenomenal. So they're kind of spread out. Sure. But we yeah, we we're having a blast, and um, you know I, yeah, the, there's a challenge with them being all different ages. Right. So as a family, of course, we like to be able, you know, we like to go places. We like to, we like to go, uh, you know, on the lake, right? We like to go in the winter. We go to the mountains. I don't know, we like to ride bikes together. Uh, we, I mean, lots of things. But kids have all. The, my wife and I like to go on walks or go hiking or or travel. You know, trying to get away. In the last year and a half, with the baby, we haven't gotten away much. Right. But that's coming again. Um, kids, you know, my daughter was a gymnast for 10 years. She just, what I call the 15 year old, she just retired from her gymnastics <laughs> career. And, um, a lot of travel was revolved around that. Yeah. Gymnastics is a demanding mistress. It is. And, it is. And, and, uh, my son likes basketball. He plays, you know, that's his kind of passion. And my mm-hmm. little seven year old is, you know, she, 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 she hasn't really you know, found that hobby, but right. she's really into arts and drawing and coloring and doing puzzles. And she's more of a, a creative type. Yeah. So anyways, every one of those kids is different. And, you know, yeah. we try to do a little bit of what everybody else, of what everybody wants to do. And sure. Yeah. With those age spreads, even, you know, uh, even like leading an organization or, or something, if you have a, you know, multi-generational, you have to attack it from a couple of different angles, right? The, this is a certain amount of thing that a 15-year-old would stay interested in versus the seven-year-olds, right? Yes. Yeah. It, it, there are some challenges, but it but it is a blessing. And and the older the older kids help with the younger, and it just you know it really forces you to work as a team in your family life yeah. to make sure everybody's covered, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Maybe let's shift back to just uh, community and and business and stuff. As you've grown as a leader, uh, what's one or two of the things that you saw other people doing uh, that you uh, stole or uh, cut and pasted and, you know, worked it into how you lead or whatever? Yeah, that's a great question. Everything, I always like to say this, like, you know, if you if you're walking and you see a turtle sitting on top of a post, fence post, you know the turtle didn't get there on its own. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, that that's kind of how I like to refer. Everything really we I I know or I've learned over the years was stolen from somebody that was. Yeah, there was know, nothing new under the sun, no. right? And so, yeah. And, and it was, you know, I had some, the one thing I, I tell people, sometimes people go, oh, you guys were lucky. And the one thing we got lucky in is I've had the right people come into our life. And I feel like that was, of course, providence, you know, but I, just being able to have those mentors and people that sowed into us and helped us in our marriage, you know, um, and, and helped us in our finances and and helped us in, you know, just even leading a team and building a business and things like that. Right. And we, for years, we were part of an organization that's, that kind of coached and mentored people to, to, to become better and to, to grow. And we, my wife and I, I never learned that in school, and I don't know why, but but personal growth. In fact, when you get out of school, you're like, man, I'm never going to read another book. Right, exactly. I'm tired of this, right? Thank God school is over with. Oh, my gosh. Learning. Oh. But, but, but then came this phase in our life of personal development, right? Reading books, listening to different talks, just growing ourselves personally. And, and you kind of, that becomes your curriculum, so to speak, and... You know, John Maxwell, you know, mm. is huge, right? This is a leadership type of, type of talk, right? Sure. So I'm yeah. sure you're familiar with some of his writing, some of his talks. and But but guys like him, you know, being mentored through reading his books or listening to the audios or, um, yeah. and many, many, right? So what I've learned is you got to work on yourself as a leader, right? You got to develop yourself. Right. Because truthfully, unless people are attracted to who you are as a person, um, no one's going to follow you. Yeah. Right, and you're gonna, you're gonna, it's gonna be a revolving door of people, and a revolving door of of business. You know, people come into your life, then they'll leave. Come in and then leave. Right. You got to learn to keep growing yourself to become that person that people want to be around, that people yeah. want to follow. Yeah, we use uh, in our mentee, mentor, and our staffing stuff. We use a personality assessment, a DISC assessment, but it's a specialty one uh, by John Maxwell. Okay. And so, so yeah, it uh, has its own little twist, you know, to those yeah. things. And so, but uh, it's very advantageous in developing people. Develop first, like you're saying. First thing you best thing you can do is know yourself. Right? Yeah, and that helps you to say no to the more things and yes to the right things. Uh, uh, maybe guys like us say yes too often, but but nonetheless, we're we're uh, evolving, right? You know, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah, I I don't know, but and you've also never you've never arrived, right? No, exactly. You, I don't. I definitely don't feel that that we've arrived somewhere or, you know, whatever. I feel like there's so much more growth. Yep, that needs to happen there. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, what would you say is the biggest surprise uh, from when you first started to where you saw the business or you saw ownership? What's one of the surprises that you learned along the way, maybe? Um, I used to think that you get to a certain point in life where you just kind of retire. And that that was my goal, right? Uh, my goal for years was to get my time back, so to speak. Right. And to, you know, to be able to make enough money so that you don't have to work. Right, and so you could just focus on raising your family and traveling, things like that. And I've kind of realized over the years that that's a myth, okay? In a way where every successful person that I know works really, really hard and has a a work in their life, right? Maybe they get to choose some of the work that they do. Sure. But I don't 
you know, even you mentioned my neighbor Gabe, right? Yeah. Great guy, great friend, and yeah. he's very Talking successful. About Gabe Johansson, SMI. Yeah. Gabe Johansson, yep. SMI. Uh, you know, since, you, you know, he's one of the hardest working guys that we know. Yep. Right? Exactly. It's just, it just becomes, your work maybe becomes different as you become more successful or you do better in business or whatever. But that's one thing that, that was a surprise because I kind of thought that you just kind of sit around and, 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 you know, um, sit in the fantail of your Coast. yacht. Yeah, you exactly. Know, drinking right. champagne or whatever. Sure. But that's, that's not the case, right? And, and with bigger successes come bigger challenges and yeah. different challenges. And so for young people, you know, if somebody hears this, there's always got to be, a, there's, there's always going to be a work in your life. If yep. you want to become somebody that accomplishes things and moves forward in life. Yeah. And you just got to make sure that that work honors, well, for me, I want to make sure it honors the Lord and, and takes care of other people in my life. But, right. but at the same time, you know, um, makes an impact, helps other people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, well, man. Time flew just like that. Um, we sure appreciate having you on, and I hope we'll have you on again someday. Um, if people wanted to reach out to you, is there an email address or website or something to connect to you? Yeah, so, so our company website is just www.altrex.com, U-L-T-R-E-X.com. Um, my, my email is very simple. It's just my first and last. Uh, I don't know if you're going to have it in the description of the sure. podcast, but it's first and last at Gmail. It's my personal email. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anytime, really. Honestly, I'm an open book. And yeah. um, we, we believe, my, you know, my wife and I believe that uh, people are the most important thing on this on this planet. So absolutely. I, I believe in sewing into people. And uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's what we're about. So there you go. Thanks for joining us. You can listen to each of our shows on KSLM on Saturday mornings at 11, or you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening to Leading Well by Valor Mentoring.